I'm Jared Hanselman with South Texas Large Animal Mobile Vet Service in Victoria, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad we are back together for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Well, if you look at the temperature gauge this week, it's not hard to imagine why the drought is getting worse. These triple-digit temperatures and drought conditions just look uglier and uglier by the week. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Coming out of a very tough season for wheat in the Texas Panhandle South Plains region, there's some concern about whether enough seed will be available when it's planting time again in the fall. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A strong U.S. food supply despite the highest inflation in 40 years. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments again today from State Comptroller Glenn Hager on Texas Ag Today. There are long lines of trailers at Texas livestock auctions. It's a sign of drought-stricken pastures and a shortage of hay. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The latest drought monitor map continues to look ugly when it comes to the Texas drought. Practically the entire state is dealing with some level of drought, the only exception being extreme South Texas and the Rio Grande Valley. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says Texas and New Mexico are dealing with some of the worst drought in the nation. Even with the monsoon active recently, New Mexico continues to lead that region 88%, very short to short. Across the Great Plains, we continue to see some serious topsoil moisture deficits. No surprise that Texas continues to lead the country 94%, very short to short. Other states above that 50% mark include Colorado, Montana, and Oklahoma. And the pasture and range conditions in our state reflect that. Rippey says Texas continues to have the worst pasture conditions in the U.S. Leading the nation this week, again, Texas, 80 percent, very poor to poor on those rangeland and pastures. Also above 50 percent this week, Arizona at 79 percent. New Mexico, despite some improvement with the monsoon moisture, 66 percent, very poor to poor. Huge swaths of the worst D4 drought can be found in the Texas Southern Plains, the Trans-Pecos, and the Texas Hill Country. We're now halfway through the year, and it has been a tough year so far for beef cattle producers. So says Oklahoma State University Extension Livestock Market Economist Daryl Peel. 
We started the year with having kind of turned the corner from a cattle price standpoint. Prices have been above year-go levels, but we've been waiting for some other pieces to fall in place in terms of feedlot production uh, and that leading to beef production. And we haven't really seen that happen yet. So our annual expectation for beef production in 2022 is for a decrease from 2021's record level. And yet in the first half of the year, beef production was still up by about 1%. Despite that, Peel expects a decrease in beef production in the second half of the year. That means that we're going to see some things a little bit different here in the second half of the year. Namely, cattle slaughter has to decrease. Of course, we're watching carcass weights too, and they have come down to about equal to year-go levels. They're following a seasonal pattern pretty close, but it's really the slaughter issues. Cow slaughter continues to be elevated. That's drought-related, clearly. It started last year, has continued into this year, and that'll probably continue for the the rest of the summer at some level. The real key is going to be the fed steer and heifer slaughter, according to Peel. He says steer slaughter is down this year as expected, but that's offset with increased heifer slaughter because of drought. With such a bad wheat crop this year, will there be enough wheat seed to plant this fall? James Hunt says that question is being addressed right now on several fronts. When drought ravaged this season's wheat crop, it not only meant less grain production, it also created concern about how much seed would come out of the fields for the next crop. Steely Fishbacher of Texas Wheat Producers says the seed supply issue is being addressed on many fronts, including by farmers themselves. What we're hearing is that a lot of those really low yielding fields were harvested so those growers can use that seed. Some areas that may have not been taken to harvest in the past, but there was that concern of seed availability. They wanted to make sure that they could harvest some seed for planting next fall. There also has been some efforts to put in place an emergency procedure that's available through the Texas Department of Agriculture and the Texas Seed and Plant Board to expand seed supplies in times of shortages. So that is ongoing uh, where certain companies can apply for recertification of certified seed. And so I got a report on that this morning that there are a couple of varieties that will be moving through that program. That board will meet here in the coming weeks, possibly approve that. So that should help a little bit as well. Also talking to uh, one of the certified seed growers that we work with closely, he's going to be importing some seed from across state lines, so from Oklahoma, to try to shore up his supply to meet the customer needs. So there is that concern, but there is also some efforts underway to try to make sure that we have the amount of quality seed that we need. As Steely Fishbacher says, for those farmers who harvested their own wheat seed, if they need information about getting it tested, they can find it online from Texas A&M AgriLife and also at texaswheat.org. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas economy is holding up well in the face of several negative economic factors in our country. Tom Nicoletti checks in with our state's comptroller. State Comptroller of Public Accounts Glenn Hager is my guest again today. We continue discussing the Texas economy 
after the comptroller's recent speech to Texas farmers and ranchers. Overall, from a state structure, we're in a good position economically. Again, some industry sectors struggling more than other industry sectors. And a lot of people say, oh, well, there's high oil and gas prices. That's got to be great for the state budget. Well, in one hand, it brings more money into the budget. But unfortunately, like those in production of agriculture and other industry sectors, you're having so much more higher cost. So those costs are really outweighing the additional dollars that are coming in the Treasury right now. What about the talk about food shortages? I mean, that's uh, unprecedented, but yet with the inflation and everything else in the mix, uh, that's what the talk has been in Texas and across uh, the U.S. Fortunately, at least in, in this state, in this country, we have a strong, stable agriculture industry to make sure that we have a strong, stable food supply. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think myself and everybody that I spoke to today gets that frustration that too often, if you ask young kids where to food come from and they say the grocery store they don't realize it actually comes from a farm or a ranch somewhere and people work every day to make sure that you have well-balanced meals but one of the points that i've been pointing out and it's really a tragedy that in so many other parts of the world especially with the war in russia and ukraine both of those countries being high contributors to wheat being exported to certain countries there are food shortages in other countries right now and unfortunately i think later this fall and and, and this summer you're going to see governments essentially being unstable because countries don't have the food that they need, the scarcity. That is Texas Comptroller of Public Accounts, Glenn Hager. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are long lines this week at Texas Livestock Auctions. Gary Joyner says it's a sign of drought-stricken pastures and a shortage of hay. Some roadways in rural Texas are experiencing traffic jams, the kind of backed-up traffic usually reserved for Friday night football games. But this is different. On some highways and county roads near livestock auctions, cattle trailers are lined up for as far as you can see. Ranchers are selling cattle because of drought-stricken pastures and a shortage of hay. There's not much choice for some other than to market the cattle now, well before they would normally plan to sell. More than four times the normal number of cattle are arriving at some auctions for the weekly sales. It's a situation that reminds many of the drought of 2011. That's a historical reference that Texas cattle ranchers would like to forget. Ranchers are doing their best. They're drawing from supplemental feed supplies, usually retained for winter months. They're praying for rain. But there comes a point when the numbers must be reduced, and today's herd reductions usually mean lower production levels across Texas for years to come. I'm Gary Joyner, and this is your Texas Agriculture Minute. The drought is taking a toll on Texas white-tailed deer, and that could impact the fall hunting season. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And if your horse is overly anxious, it's important to find out why. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If your horse is overly anxious, it's important to find out why. Dr. Bob Judd says it could be an issue of vision loss. Dr. Mary Lesseline indicates in the horse publication that vision loss can be associated with spooking, stopping, refusing jumps, or bucking while being ridden. Any sudden vision change will increase anxiety and cause most horses to be frightened. So if your horse seems anxious, schedule an eye exam with your equine vet, and it is possible referral to an equine ophthalmologist could be required. Dr. Carissa Wickens from Florida indicates another cause of anxiety is horses with chronic pain, such as navicular disease, arthritis, or stomach ulcers, as pain can change their entire behavior patterns. Dr. Josh Zacharias says he sees a lot of performance anxiety in patients with chronic pain as they do not want to enter the arena. Again, a veterinary exam is indicated to determine if chronic pain is involved. Even tack that is fit incorrectly can cause the horse to be anxious, such as a poorly fitting saddle, a bit that is pinching the lips, or a bridle that is too tight. If you have not had a saddle fitter examine your horse in tack, it is likely worth the money to do so. The horse's diet could also lead to anxiety, and lots of folks believe the problem is high protein. But actually, it is high-energy diets, coupled with a lack of exercise, that causes restlessness in the horse. Too much sugar in the diet can also lead to problems, so consult with your equine veterinarian about your horse's diet. Sometimes your horse may just need more training to feel comfortable in the arena, and a professional trainer can sometimes really help. Lastly, horses feed off your emotions, so stay calm to help your horse stay calm. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The drought is taking a toll on Texas white-tailed deer, and Jessica Domel tells us that could affect hunting season this fall. This hot and dry weather is taking a toll on Texas white-tailed deer. Alan Kane, white-tailed deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says unless we receive some much-needed rain, the drought will impact white-tailed deer hunting season this fall. Obviously, the hot, dry weather affects the plant community out there, which ultimately provides the nutrition that deer need. And so as plants become stressed, and in some cases you see some defoliation on plants, there's not the nutritional level that the bucks need to maximize their antler growth or that the does will need to keep up their body reserves to be able to nurse the fawns and, and help them survive into the fall and be recruited into the population. So there's definitely a potential to have some impacts on the deer population this fall. Hunters might expect, quite frankly, in two-thirds of the state, probably average to below average antler quality this year just because it's been so dry, plus the heat stress. Now, there is kind of a pocket of habitat, say, from College Station north and back to the east there towards the Red River in, in Arkansas, Louisiana, that's received some reasonable rain, even though it's hot now. So habitat conditions are in, in fair shape, and so they're actually see a little bit better quality this year in that part of the state. But the rest of Texas has been pretty dry and hot, so that's obviously going to have some impacts this fall. Harvest opportunity is likely to be high this fall, as deer will likely frequent feeders. If the hot, dry conditions persist, the deer are going to be coming to feeders more frequently, and so in those locations, hunters should have good success. We'll have more with Kane on white-tailed deer hunting season on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
USDA released their latest World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report on Tuesday, and it had a big effect on the markets. We'll take a look at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent the past 30 years covering Texas agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agra Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, area code 833 833- 897-2474. That's 833-897-2474. If you cannot write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. USDA's monthly World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report and Crop Production Numbers released on Tuesday morning, and they had a big effect on the markets. The grain markets overall finishing sharply lower. That, in turn, boosted cattle prices, both live and feeder cattle, ending higher in Tuesday's trade, especially the feeder cattle market. But we'll start with live cattle, as we usually do. August live cattle up 52 cents, 136.67. The October up 85 at 141.27. December live cattle up 70 cents to close at 147.20. Big jump in the feeder cattle market thanks to a big drop in the corn market. August feeders up 470, closing at 179.87. September feeder cattle up 412, 181.52. October feeders up 357 at 183.45. Cash-fed cattle market still mostly quiet for the week. No sales that we've seen here in Texas and the Southern Plains so far this week. Up north, we've seen a few dress cattle sell at 232. That's steady with last week. Boxed beef higher on Tuesday. Choice up 78 cents at 268.92. Select up 96 at 243.96. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, they got cattle in the alleyway at Southwest Livestock Exchange in Valley. They had a sale Friday. They're shipping them out, getting ready for the next one. Klein Spear, how did this one go? Went pretty well. We had 465 head today. Those Packer cows and bulls, I thought were probably three to five lower this week, but still bringing pretty good money. Those calves in the early stole real steady. Had lots of demand on them today. Them better calves, I mean, they're just dollaring out really well right now. Those number one choice steers, dollar forty to dollar sixty-five, and those lightweights, dollar sixty-five to dollar eighty-five. Choice heifers, dollar fifteen to dollar forty-five, and the lightweights, dollar forty-five to dollar seventy. Crossbred steers, dollar forty to a dollar sixty, and those lightweights, dollar fifty-five to a dollar eighty. Those crossbred heifers, dollar ten to a dollar thirty-five, and those Lightweights dollar forty-five to dollar seventy. Stocker cows today seventy-five to about ninety-five. Those break, uh, good packer bulls day eighty-six to ninety-six. Those breaker cows seventy-five to eighty-five. Those cutters and canners forty-five to sixty-two. And those Shelly cows twenty-five to forty. Good pairs day nine to eleven hundred. And those plain pairs seven to nine hundred. 
those bread cows day 650 to a thousand so overall a uh, pretty good run here and kind of showing the conditions on some of the cattle but that's just what it's going to be for a little while yep tell everybody how to get a hold of you for sheep and goats on tuesday of next week and cattle on thursday in uvalde call us the office 830-278-5621 or my cell phone 830-591-3241 we appreciate it thank you thank you larry and neighbor based on recent figures given us from the usda and dtn federally inspected cow slaughter data so far in 2022, 1,882,500 head of beef cows. That's 14% more than a year ago, 28% higher than the five-year average. Chew on that while you eat a steak at your next meal. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. This is Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. See you again tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher Tuesday. July hogs up 45 cents, 113.60. August hogs up 62 cents at 109 even. Class 3 milk was lower. July milk down 7, 22, 67, 100 weight. August milk down 46 at 21, 24, 100. The cotton market hit hard by a couple of factors on Tuesday. Of course, the ongoing fears of lockdowns in China over COVID-19. But then that USDA report showed the hike in global stocks of about 1.5 million bales. And that ended up putting big pressure on the cotton market. We were limit down on the nearby contracts. October cotton dropped 400 points, 98.44. December cotton dropped 400 as well at 90.84 cents. The corn market also hit hard by that USDA report. USDA increased its estimate of new crop U.S. ending corn stocks from 1.4 billion up to 1.47 billion. USDA also increased its new crop world ending stocks. Both of those factors weighed heavily on the corn trade, causing July corn to drop 48 and a half, 732 and three quarters. September corn down 43 cents, 594 a bushel, with December corn down 42 and a half, 586 and a half. Now, the USDA report was mostly neutral for the wheat market, but when you see corn get hit that hard, it usually spills over into the wheat trade. July Kansas City wheat dropping 47 and a half, 872 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 42 and a quarter at 801 and a half. In the energy markets, August natural gas down 21 cents at 621. August crude oil down 844, 9565 a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon, the Dow down 203 points at 30,970. The Nasdaq down 109 at 11,264 while the S&P was down 36 points at 3,817. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.